0: Yeah, we did a big wine tasting yesterday, man. we'll
1: try 30 different wines. This is a story about a dude named Lane. He moved to the mainland and bought one place to stay. And then one day he went try tried to rent them out. And then he became one real investor, man. Hey, Simple Passive Cashflow listeners. Today, we are going to be talking about wine and not going to be talking too much about investing tax like how we normally do. This is our take a break from the hard stuff and get into some fun stuff that I know a lot of you guys are interested in. Myself, we did not grow up with wine in our household. Again, a lot of us people in our community are first generation wealth folks. We're here building our wealth. But the reason why I brought uh, my buddy Agent Crew on here from hey. the Wine Spies is I don't want to look like an idiot in front of people <laughs> in the country club and want to get the biggest bang for my buck, as always. We are a value-seeking community out there. By the way, if you guys want to join our group, go to simplepassacashfulcom slash club. You can check out the uh, free e-course there and all the educational material. Again, it's simplepassivecashflow.com slash club. But, but yeah, let's, if you guys want to follow along, go to winespies.com, poke around Agent Crew's website there. But uh, yeah, let's unpack this for the folks, right? Yeah, let's do it. We want the biggest bang for our buck. Where do we start?
0: Everyone wants a good deal. And that's where actually I think Wine Spice comes in handy for somebody like you that might want to be getting into wine but doesn't really know where to start. The flash sale model lends itself really nicely to somebody that really is just trying to look for new wines that they might not necessarily be familiar with because what we do is we put one wine in front of you every single day. And that wine, because we're selling just one wine a day, so here's today's deal. You can see normally it's a $79 bottle. We're selling for $39. today. So it's a 50% off situation. But the deal is that wine on top is a little store section down below. And basically we might just have a few cases left over from a daily deal and that'll slowly filter through there. But mostly it's just that wine on top. And if you click on read our detailed review, you can see we have a ton of content every single day for that wine. The whole deal is that tonight at midnight, that wine will disappear off the site. And a lot of times it sells out even before then. It really is just a a short time frame. But because we are basically putting all all of our chips on one one bet for one day, we have to make sure that we're putting the best possible wine out there we can. We're probably selecting of many wines that we get maybe one in one in twenty, even one in thirty wines that, that we're taking a look at is the wine that we pick. We have to feel very strongly about any given wines. It's a really great place for someone that's a newbie, maybe hasn't taken too drinking too much wine in the past because you can just trust our palates that we're putting a wine in front of you that we think is good. And then over time, once you start drinking, you'll start to figure out, oh, okay, maybe I'm a big fruity Zinfandel kind of guy or you know what, I really more just lean to the more rustic style Italian wines. This is a super Tuscan wine, for example. We've got some imports and we've got some domestics. It's just a great place to start. And then if you do know about wine, we have some of the best wines in the world routinely featured on our site for truly the lowest price you can find it in the entire world.
1: It's like uh, Groupon and Living Social Model. You guys are in the back end negotiating with these wineries break that down for us like how does the game play right that is exactly
0: it and we were actually one of the very first flash sale wine uh, e-com sites there was wine and us at the very beginning we've actually been around since 2007 there's been a lot of people come and go in the intervening years um, and it's been a really interesting space but wine spies going strong still it really does help to have been around for that long because it, it is exactly as you described. We are on the back end negotiating with a wide variety of producers, distributors. The way it really does work is we can buy directly from the producer. And in some cases, actually, quite often we are doing that. And sometimes we'll work directly with a distributor. And then typically this is an import, for example. So this would have been coming to us through a particular distributor. We're starting to get into uh, a little bit of our own imports and this year, which is really exciting for us and doing some, we're going straight to the source, organizing the actual transportation and importation. So that's a big departure for us and and pretty exciting. But really the way it works is we've got a Rolodex of literally thousands of different vendors and there's always some sort of reason why somebody is looking to move a particular wine. A lot of times, what happens is that you might be a little bit long on a certain vintage. Unlike a lot of products, which doesn't matter when you manufacture it, it's the same. It's essentially the same widget. If you've got like an iPhone 12, it doesn't matter which batch of iPhone 12s it is, it's an iPhone 12. If you have a 2016 Canute Degli de D- D- That wine is super specific. It, it is a unique product in that way. So when you get to the 2017 vintage, it's not as simple as, oh, we ran out of the 2016. We'll just swap that out for the 2017 for you. You have to start all over with an entirely new skew. So there's a whole machine in place for every single wine company to sell this particular wine product. When you get to the end of a particular vintage of a wine, a lot of times it's actually hard on the supply side to push that out through this entire network. And so a lot of time, very helpful for any producer or distributor. If they've got a relatively small quantity of a particular wine left, just to quickly push it out. Companies like Wine Spies are really helpful for them for that reason. And in a single day, we can move a couple of pallets of wine. And and so that's what's really helpful instead of just that last painful part, selling a few cases here or there.
1: We work with hardworking professionals looking to opt out of investments for the clueless. I mean, mainstream investing. We work with people we have a direct relationship while enjoying higher returns and a quicker path to financial freedom. I personally move my endorsement from turnkey rentals to syndications as my net worth has grown. However, the downside of many of these deals is that you need at least $50,000 to invest, and the frequency of deals that meet my criteria is sporadic. Check out my article at com slash OFUND and learn how I always have cash on hand by using the American Home Preservation Fund as part of this one-two punch to be ready for a great deal, while still making a double-digit return. I have been investing in AHP since 2016. AHP is a crowdfunding solution to the mortgage crisis in America, where collectively, the fund and investors, like you, pull their money together and get great bulk discounts on distressed mortgages. It's a business model that I think gets stronger should a bump in the economy come because this is where there will be even more distressed inventory for HP to purchase. The American Home Preservation Fund aims to keep people in their homes so you can make a 10% return while making a positive social impact. Invest in as little as $100 by going to hpservicingcom investors. And if you want the free Burn Zone book and learn about George Newberry's story, please send me an email at lane at
0: I like to buy stuff. Well, that's a liability.
1: I think this is what makes people like excited about this stuff is uh-huh. like they're bargain hunters or deal hunters. So it's no different than us buying an apartment complex. what' totally. really wrong with the apartment, but the seller is a little distressed. Same totally. thing here. And I think what a lot of folks out there, I don't know what it is, like my wife's out there like shopping at TJ Maxx. I think it's just <laughs> like the... The bargain hunting, or just finding that deal, whether it's wine, apartments, single-family home, some note. Yep. I think that's the chase. And,
0: really. and the other thing that's tough about wine is you do get what you pay for. This is an $80 bottle and it definitely drinks like an $80 bottle. And so the fact that you're able to get that wine at $40, if, if you've got the kind of habit where you're drinking $80 bottles on a Wednesday night, it's pretty nice if you can have that same level of quality for half the price. And I don't blame anyone for wanting to find the best deal on that particular wine if you've got a serious wine habit. If you're used to Buying a twelve ninety nine dollar bottle of Cabernet at Safeway, and there's nothing wrong with that. But you probably it's, it's you're probably not it's not as big a deal for you if it's a couple bucks off. But if you're seriously buying fifty dollar Pinot Noirs from Oregon once a week, then it's it's nice to be able to find a good deal. And wine prices are you, know, you talk about that just energy about bargain hunting there's definitely that sense with wine then because it's this very unique product this 2016 tuscan you can go there's a site called wine searcher which a lot of people that are into drinking wine use and there it basically indexes all of the sales everywhere for a particular wine and so one of the main things that we make sure that we do is we're at least beating the very lowest price on wine searcher for any given wine and that's not easy to do so people can feel pretty confident that we're actually delivering this deal
1: so that's like the kelly blue book value for, for yeah it really like is Twitter. that's a perfect way of putting it yeah, yeah i mean and it's, it's it, all about finding the deal I, I just bought a car but like i'm always now i'm kind of like looking for another car and yeah. it's not like i really want i want the car i want like a ford yeah. raptor which is like this really
0: yeah i, neat, I love the raptor that's actually the one i
1: want Here, yeah no not yet I, I but for me it's more fun to just negotiate for it like, yeah they have it out there on the lot for seventy five thousand. I know it's worth more, sixty six thousand. Yeah. I'm just watching them. I drive by. I, I kind of call them and I like, oh, is it still there? You know, I'm so. Yeah. In- but it's more the chase, like trolling the the dealership in a way. Slightly.
0: I I actually do the opposite, which is your way is better. I end up just like, all right, I really want this Corvette right now. I go buy the Corvette and then it seems like I spend more time afterwards Googling prices on Corvettes so I can get buyer's remorse for having spent too much money.
1: Yeah, but that's it's fun, right? At the end of the day, it was fun to you. Some people play video games. This is what would be you and I do.
0: We do have a lot of fun doing it. Like I said, we get one Probably one out of 30, maybe one out of 20 wines that we taste, we actually sell on the site. So that means we have to taste a lot of wines. So that's a pretty fun part of the job. Usually the uh, team meets up once per week and we taste through all the wines. That was yesterday. So we ran the gauntlet. And actually, we got some really good wines yesterday. Sometimes uh, it's pretty obvious which the choices are. And sometimes we actually, we really have to. And we're like, oh God, because one of the things that happens is, we've got our whole calendar of deals since we do one a day we've got about 2 months now so sometimes it's tough you really we really have to decide what we want to cancel in order to fit something else in that that other one that we had to give up is sometimes really good too but it's great because it really is survival of the fittest and and it shows on the site we, get, we have a lot of crazy good deals that people that know their wines can certainly appreciate. And again, people that don't, it's just a really easy way to get into it. Just take a shot on any one of these wines. And actually, we provide so much detail. And you can see every single day how much copy you write for every sale. I and mean, that's really where the the challenge
1: is. Yeah, how's that Trader Joe's feel?
0: Oh, yeah. I can see what you're saying. We're actually working on a whole site redesign right now. It's going to be badass. It's going to come out probably for early August
1: hope you pay those uh, wine tasters via salary instead of hourly because time's <laughs> not a wasting when you're being wasted, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, our whole team, we definitely have a lot of fun doing what we do. So it's a, it's a work hard, play hard mentality around here for sure. Yeah. The tasting days are not what you call the most productive days, but they're the, they're the funnest days for sure.
1: Team building. Yeah,
0: exactly. We get, we get some good solid team building in at least one. Yeah.
1: So you guys are the experts with this. Like, you know, I, I hear two big tips right from supposed wine snobs which everybody calls themselves a wine stump just like <laughs> yeah. everybody well i'm an audiophile what do you have of oh, apple air bro, <laughs> right you're not an audiophile do they call yeah. it you're not a wine yeah. so the people will say hey find something that you like in your palate doesn't matter how expensive it is and you got guys who are more like there's the numbers right this 96 97 point thing yeah. What is your opinion on like all right, I don't know what I'm looking at. How do I pick a good one? How do I go about doing this?
0: Yeah, it it, it is really hard and it, it tastes so subjective. It is difficult to try to boil it down into a nine, 100 point scale and obviously the 100 point scale's been hotly debated for decades now. I think though ultimately it's it's still very valuable for people because the, once you start getting into the high 90s, especially like that 98-point Dow, and especially if you start seeing that it's got high scores from three different publications. So there you go. That's Wine Spectator, Decanter, and Vinus, each giving you a 98-point score. You can be completely confident that at the very least, even if it's not to your taste, that is a well-made wine. There's no flaws in its imbalance. In so there, there are a couple things that are objective rather than subjective when it comes to wine like is it oxidized does it have some sort of acetone issue there's all kinds of different flaws that can be in a wine that just make that are characteristic of poor winemaking at the very least when you start to see the high scores it doesn't have any of those problems and that's helpful at the very least there is something to be said about the particular the particular place that those scores are coming from so some reviewers tend to give out a little bit more freely high scores than others. There's not that many scoring publications that you have to care about. So you can pretty quickly learn what a 93 means from this place versus this other place. If you are a more numbers-minded person, you can pretty quickly start to cut through the BS and and see where those scores are actually of value. That being said, Yes, I use it on Wine Searcher and you can so this oh, I like cool. it. It's great. You can see the price over time. And then yeah, exactly. Wine searcher is an invaluable resource for anybody. And what's so cool about it is you can pop on there really quickly and see what people are paying for it. You can usually see all the scores. It depends on how popular and common the wine is Dow's is probably the most famous port in the world so there's a ton of information on it on here but then it'll actually link to all of the individual sellers see if you click on offers you can see sometimes there'll be some stuff on here like some random retailer in the middle of kentucky and if you actually call them they don't even have the wine it's not we're not trying to beat those kinds of offers but we're definitely trying to beat all the real offers that are out there and we do a good
1: job doing it. And yeah, I actually really appreciate that kind of transparency. If you guys are listening to this on the podcast, um, we're playing around with this on the YouTube version. If you guys want to go to the YouTube channel or go to com slash wine, we'll keep this stuff for you guys to refer to. But yeah, we are poking around winespies.com and wines-searcher.com, the cool site. But one mistake I've made, I've bought um, some wine off eBay. I think it was like <laughs> oxidized or fake, yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah. I still drank it.
0: No way, man, if you can drink it, it's all
1: good. Lately, i just been buying it from Costco. Just yeah. I don't buy like fake wine because I heard that was a thing out there. But any comments on, on that method?
0: The fake wine thing, there's really not that much money in making fake wine unless it's a highly sought after wine that's worth trying to counterfeit in the first place. Really, there's a lot less actual wine fraud out there than is to be concerned about unless you're a very serious wine collector. To spending big bucks on wine, then it really matters. And then there really is wine fraud out there. There's a big push, especially in the fine wine space. And we're talking like $200 bottles plus to have a lot more consistency with any counterfeiting measures. Just in terms of buying wines that you know are probably going to be a good deal. I think think it's true. Costco is the biggest wine retailer in the country right now. They sell more wine than anybody. You're You're certainly not alone into Costco. My family actually comes from a a wine producing family. So I can tell you on the other side of that, Costco has some serious buying power and they do what they do for everything else. And that's just squeeze the producer to get the lowest possible price. Yeah, there's definitely some good deals to be had there too. I think the challenge is necessarily the selection. They do have a great selection, but you're not going to get random smaller lots. That kind of gets back to what we're talking to in the beginning which was when you've got only a couple hundred cases of a given wine left, that's just straight up not enough for Costco. Costco needs to have truly massive volumes in order to even be in their system in the first place. They're going to be missing out on a lot of smaller producers that, that have some random lots.
1: I like the, the Camus Cabernet Sauvignon. You guys, what are you talking it's about? A, that's a nice one. I, I know it because it's very popular yeah. and uh, that the phrase Camus was for closers, but you... <laughs> Do you guys have a brand like that? That's more of a one that a Costco will go after and drive it down to eighty bucks, right? This kind of gets into the behind-the-scenes stuff
0: that you were talking about. Most of the really big-name brands are represented by distributors, and depending on the, especially those ultra-recognizable names that that everybody knows, the the Robert Mondavi's of the world. There's a lot more kind of sensitivity around the price point that it gets pushed out there as. There's a lot more push to make sure that whatever it's getting on the store shelves is very close across the board. There's actually specific laws that, that govern now what a, just a distributor technically has to make an offer available at a given price same to any retailer it actually makes it quite challenging but that's the selling price that they're willing to offer it to the retailer at depending on the retailer's model of how much margin that they need to make on it, they can offer it for whatever they can offer it our whole model is trying to have a higher volume on a given day and we really do try to take a very very slim margin and pass on maximum savings to the customer because that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to offer a great deal every
1: day. But you guys aren't necessarily going to have the staples, like the Camus, the Plump Jacks. I I don't know that many, but those more recognizable names that are always going to be on the wine menu at the, Local. Yeah,
0: the short sure part of the answer is we've got the access to those wines. We can't give the kind of crazy eye-popping discounts on those that we can for other wines. They're typically not on there, but it's not to say that we don't. We just, we did a Mondavi Tocalon a couple of months ago. We did an Opus 1 this year. So yeah, they're definitely out there. It's just, and it's harder to offer the discounts that that people are used to seeing on the wine spies on those kinds of wines.
1: Yeah, and this is how like sick I am. Like I would rather (laughs) have, like the reason why I stick with this Camus because I know it's good. I would rather have a wine where I know I got true 50% off than have the best wine because that's where I get the most enjoyment out of. If I like this type of like darker cab, what are ones that on your guys, like your website, you would suggest?
0: And that's the thing. We try to call it out too in the, in the marketing copy that we put yeah. together every day. And like, what kind of, if you're into, hey, you love these kinds of crazy fruit bombs, scroll down a little bit. I want to see that Gorachi is probably that Gorachi. We did a Cabernet of that recently. That was a little bit along the lines that you're
1: talking about. Okay, it's a Pinot Noir. That's a Pinot, yeah. that's,
0: that's Pino, but we also we featured a Cab the other day from them
1: a lot of uh, that Jones that Jones family these these labels like I I can't even say the thing like it's fresh. yeah I don't know but so, like like to me it's man like it's just overwhelming and that's why I retreat back to what's comfortable in the chemist I don't
0: blame you at all I actually to be perfectly honest with you that's exactly how I feel about it so the imports it's a totally different world and people typically are into them if that's what they're picking up we have uh Extremely knowledgeable wine buyer. He's agent wine, and that guy, he's a pro, and he can tell you every single vineyard in Bordeaux. He knows exactly where it is, the famous vineyard that it's next to, and why it's a good deal. I can't pretend to have that level of knowledge. i stick usually with with the domestics for that reason, also. But and, and even someone like me, who has the good fortune of tasting all of these different wines on a daily basis almost and learning a great deal about it from super knowledgeable people. It's a bottomless well of information. You're never going to get to the bottom of it. So unless you're the type of person that drinks a Brunello for the first time, you're like, "Whoa, what is this? I love this. This is totally different than anything I ever drank. I want to drink more of it. And you start getting into it. And yeah, I'm the same way as you. When I see an Italian label, and I'm unfamiliar with even the classification systems—the DOC, DOCG, the IGT—I just throw up my hands and and say, "Here, someone just pour some good wine in my glass." So
1: yeah, or you take it to your friend's cell and say, "This is damn good, man." Trust yeah.
0: Exactly. Or you just trust the wine spies to help serve up yeah. some hangers. And we try to tell you if we think that this is going to be a good one if you're in this kind of thing.
1: That's right. So I did my uh, control F and I looked up cab and I found these two.
0: So the, that Jones selection's awesome. And here's a really good example of an actual wine country connection. We're right here in um, Santa Rosa, California. Actually, we just bought a warehouse in Petaluma and are moving our offices and warehouse to the uh, new location. We're really excited to be a New resident of Petaluma, but we're right in the center of wine country. And it really helped for things like this. This was just a completely back channel situation where we were able to get the hook up on, on a small producer and Thomas Rivers Brown, probably the most famous Napa winemaker right now. Here's a situation where we got a wine made by TRB. It's just uh, it's really hard to get your hands across on, let alone for any amount off. 35% off is a crazy good deal on this particular wine. So we sometimes we work with distributors and the big boys and play a ball. And sometimes you're not going to find this particular wine anywhere else.
1: So the TRB, Thomas River Brown, that's yeah. like the Camus family. Or, or is it like the grapes from the Jones family?
0: He's the actual winemaker that made okay. that wine. So a lot of times, especially with these superstar winemaker talents, it's like hiring a director for your film. that You can pay big money to get the big names. Or David so, Guetta
1: as a producer for a song.
0: Yeah, exactly. Thank you. That's much better.
1: Don't me. do Jack. And you had Shannon Tatum <laughs> produce some shows, right? They don't do anything. <laughs>
0: it depends. So, for I spent 10 years on the production side. The crazy thing about wine is it really is made by the seller workers. I started as a seller rat, and the, the 99% of the actual making of the winemaking, the winemaker gives you a work order and you go actually work on the wine. But not having gotten that work order and being told what to do, You wouldn't know. So you'd be surprised at how much direct impact a, you know, kind of visiting winemaker will have by coming in, tasting the wines in the barrel as they developed, deciding, oh, this needs, this should be put in this much oak. We need to do this blend on this. This needs this adjustment. They can do that at tasting a panel of wines in an afternoon, and just verbally telling whoever the production winemaker is, "This is what you need to do," and then getting back on his freaking jet and leaving. That is actually an impactful way to put their their touch on it, and the wine will be better for it. The skill of winemaking is knowing, oh, this needs three percent now and it'll be so much better and
1: so they and, tell you wine rats don't talk to thomas don't look him in the <laughs> eye don't look him in the eyes
0: look down yeah
1: do not address I mean, him <laughs> only let only let barry talk to him
0: honestly some of these guys absolutely have aura of mystique around them that i would have definitely when i was a 19 year old seller at scrubbing barrel bungs, i would have not really yeah. had the guts to say hey what's up thomas yeah
1: That's cool. But it's legit, right? Some of these guys, what they touch turns to gold.
0: 100%, man. That's what I was trying to say. It really is amazing how you don't necessarily have to be there all day working on the wine. And the wine will be so much better for them having been involved with the project. And also, you start to see, oh, like... the the hallmarks of a particular winemaker oh this wine is so smooth well balanced whatever it is you'll start to see that through their wines oh this actually tastes like a a trb joint
1: yeah so that people are gonna kind of think i'm actually know my stuff here but the the Camus folks i don't know what the dude's name is is it Camus? i don't know i don't care but i think the dude went over to and he made the conundrum oh yeah that, that's a good job for 20 bucks, right? Yeah,
0: absolutely. And that's, there again, people, that's, that's a lot of times what happens. If people are super successful on a given project, usually they'll sell it in, and start a new thing. And, and a lot of times that's, that's
1: successful too. He's- Wagner, yeah.
0: yeah. He's the kind of guy too, where it's like, where everything you touch is gonna turn to gold. That's also partly the business side because there's the distribution is so crucial and you've got a whole network across the country and the distributors are so consolidated these days and they've got such great relationships and they know if they put the Wagner name on it, they're gonna be able to push it out. If he starts a new brand to Naomi and recently the location sold for a bunch of money, but he knows pretty much ahead of time that no matter what he's going to do, his new project is going to get a ton of press It's going to get a ton of ink, but more importantly, you're going to see it overnight on grocery store shelves yeah. and trying to build that momentum as a small producer without those kinds of connections or interest from the distributors, it's almost impossible.
1: Yeah. You can so, put like McDonald's coffee, but that, <laughs> that's, so in our world, like we do a lot of apartment syndications and there's a lot of fund managers It's the same thing. Once somebody has that track record, you have the sponsor creep and the product may not be as good. But it also reminds me of like in the startup world, and this is why I don't like startups. I was looking Mm -hmm. at it for quite a while, but it's just not very good. Most of the deals suck and never make any money. And I just don't, I want to, I'm not happy with a batting average percent um, success rate. But a lot of like the ploy, this is the dark side of startups is like the startups will just pay some dude who has a long track record to just sit on their board yep. and now it looks like a social proof and this is what's happening with a lot of these like blockchain cryptos well
0: now um, there's like now there's like cloud advisor the cloud board
1: a lot of these crowdfunding websites they actually like some people will pay to get on their board so they can look yeah. like they're part of the board and it helps the crowdfunding website look like they have legit people it's totally messed up and i'm wondering if is the financial world as corrupt as these winemakers? Or maybe in, yeah, in the wine like, world, things are still good. It's not as corrupt as the financial world.
0: Oh, no. It's real crazy. And it's all about <laughs> relationships. And if anything, it's a super small world. It's just really incestuous. And yeah, it's hard to break into for sure. But I think there are, what were we going to say?
1: Oh, What are like maybe top few off the top of your head that are like, Thomas River Brown, that's a good one, right? What are a few others? Wagner, which is the Caymus.
0: Yeah. Heidi Barrett, Green Eagle. But these in particular, I think are superstar winemakers that have really risen based on their merits and proof that they can make really good wines consistently. I don't necessarily think that's the seedy underbelly of the industry so much. It's really just even the biggest wine company in the world is Gallo. I mean, they're right here, but guess what? They're actually an extremely well-run, sophisticated operation that has great training, takes care of their employees, and they do a really good job. I wouldn't begrudge them their success at all. In terms of the challenging behind-the-scenes scene deals, it comes down a lot more like where the wine actually goes, especially for really coveted small lots of wines. I'm sure you've heard like a term allocation, Oh, your, your allocation of a particular wine. That's really where it starts to get, who do you know? Who are you in good standing with right now? Whose butt did you kiss recently in order to get your hands on that good that everyone really wants. So that part of it is tough. But I think if you want to talk about the, the startup side, I think Wine Spies is pretty interesting in that the founder of the company, Jason Sieber, who's Agent Red, by the way, revealing his codename because he's actually spending most of his time on his, his new venture Halo Life, which is a mass company, which is a pretty cool success story. But Wine Spice has been around since 07, like I said, and it really was bootstrapped from the ground up. And we've just been persistent at it. And it's a story of because simple passive cash flow. Agent Red was the type of person who worked in the business for years, then worked on the business for years. And now is in a position where he's able to pursue the next project while he's got a great team of people working for him. And he doesn't have to spend nearly any time in the business these days at all. I think it's just a story where it can take real time to build a stable business model that just runs itself. And we are in huge growth mode right now. But before I came on board three years ago, he had built a pretty consistent machine that was just stable and was able to bring home a uh, good living and it really only took a couple of people helping them out to, to make that all work.
1: I think that's a great point you brought up there what it kind of reminds me of when I was looking at a lot of these startups there was one in particular I don't want to call them out obviously and of course if you guys are in the family office Ohana mastermind which you can learn more right. about simplepass at com slash journey you know we we take the filter off right because this is the freebie podcast we're talking about here but there is this operator out there and i'm trying to look what to invest and they did let's just say they did farm stuff and yeah. i look on their roster of owners and operators and i'm like which guy here you all live in new york what the heck do you guys know about farming which guy actually worked right. the freaking fields they have this one guy on the bottom that they it's like a small cons i was like is this guy a principal of the company or is this a consultant and then and like that to me, when I'm looking at a deal, I want to know who the operators are, and I want to know what gives them like the competitive advantage. For you guys, it's the dude that made the company. He actually knows the thing or two about making wine. You go, go figure, right? They're just not another like internet company out there, or startup yes. company, a bunch of kids who went to MIT or Berkeley, took entrepreneur, got an MBA, and now starting some random company where they don't even like wine. They don't even know anything about it.
0: Um, yeah, obviously it it pays to have the real deal, and we've got. So I'm from the producer side, and I, I know. Actually, I've actually made a wine myself. Our wine buyer, he's got 30 years of experience, and I think really that there's no shortcut there uh, at all. So having a very knowledgeable person, it's the rolodex, but also know what you're looking at. You you knowing how to read those crazy Italian labels, is the absolutely crucial skill set. We've got our marketing hotshot who writes some great copy that sells. And, and then we've got an awesome team too, behind the scenes making it all happen. And uh, obviously all of that is, is crucial. We, we don't have any empty suits here. And I think one of the things that helps is just the company culture because we're all working hard and working in it. We have a ton of fun every day. And I, I'm just, one of the things I'm most proud of the, the business is we get a lot done. We really do each other and just are able to just relate to each other as human beings. And I don't think you're going to find that if you're having to report to that guy in New York who doesn't know a thing about farming, like you say.
1: Yeah. So you guys can check out their company, winespies.com. So you guys register and it's like a daily deal a day or something like that. Yeah.
0: And if you sign up for our email list, we shoot you an email first thing in the morning, just like letting you know what the wine is that day. We'll sell out sometimes as early in the morning. But we've got a lot of people that genuinely just enjoy reading the emails. I know everyone's email box is so full that it's hard to believe, but we're, we will put a lot of work into the write-ups every day. And I think there's some actual pretty fun and interesting ones. So people that are you know even passing into wine, they, they like to check it out just, just to see what's out
1: there. Now, this is more self-serving for the Hawaii. Out of our group, maybe 10% of the people live in Hawaii. Most of the people are in the U.S. mainland. Yeah. But selfishly asking, because this is my podcast, like I'm screwed, right? Like yeah. it's just going to hurt.
0: There's no shortcuts, man. I got to tell you, we ship enough volume that we have access to tier one top rates for our cost on shipping. And our shipping a case of wine to Hawaii costs us $110. There's, there's just no way around that. That makes it a big challenge for anybody on the islands to get so a
1: good. I'm uh, better off just going to Costco or going to the local.
0: If if you're in Hawaii, it, or it, I mean, it, what it really depends on is the price point of the wines that you're getting. And if you're buying, if, if you're buying hundred dollar bottles that Wine Spies is bringing to you for seventy percent off, and it's thirty bucks times twelve. Okay, it's starting to make a little bit more sense when you factor in that cost of shipping in. For mainland United States, we've got free shipping on 12 bottles, but what we do is this cool locker system where you can add one bottle at a time to your locker. So you don't have to check out with 12 bottles. You can check out with just one bottle like today's deal and then build a case up over time. And then you can have up to two lockers open at any given time. then ship them at your convenience and that's actually nice because no matter where you're at you have to sign for your wine purchase since it's alcohol so people really like consolidating those shipments into one shipment
1: yeah no that's cool when i travel up and do deals i usually like to get a group of investors together yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah. so you can set your locker up and just have it waiting and then whenever you want we can ship it but i gotta get get
1: 12 bottles
0: Yeah, that's the deal. It sounds daunting at first. Once you start looking at all the awesome wines we offer, you'll be like, damn it, I filled up the locker again.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I can get 24 going at one time. Yeah. This is cool. Yeah.
0: And then actually technically more because you can, after you decide to have a locker ship, you can set the ship date up to a couple weeks away. And then that clears up your locker. Okay. You use a little bit hacky
1: stuff. Can- Normally when we do these investor meetings, it's usually all accredited investors and it's I like smaller events so everybody gets to know each other better. 12 bottles is a lot. Maybe hey, a send, few. Send
0: some of them home with it. No,
1: I, I want them. <laughs> but I, I can still pay to just ship ones yeah, and twosies.
0: Correct. Yeah. And also what you can do is you can fill up your locker and then you can just have, pay if it's less than 12, you can just pay to have that shipped at any time. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And depending on where you're shipping it to, it's, it's not that expensive. I think California, it's 20 bucks to ship six bottles.
1: Oh, that's nothing. Yeah. And that's what I like. It's like the time savings. Get Maybe some people love to go to Total Food and Wine and mm-hmm. peruse the aisles, but for some people, it's like a waste of time. They, yeah, they'd I rather mean, do Amazon.
0: I really do think that the wine aisle is, is just one of the worst and hardest ways to try to pick what your, what line you want. There's the, all you're limited to is the information that's on the label right there. Yes. You can just go Google while you're in the store, but I don't really think it's a great experience. And the fact is that you talk about the politics earlier, that is really where things get the most, the most weird. I'm serious. They have what are called shelf schematics where the distributors are the ones that create the layout for where all the bottles are supposed to go at the various heights and what bottles are going to be there in the first place. And that's where the real policy comes in is what you're on the grocery store shelf in the first place. So there's a ton of stuff that you're not going to find there um, that you can find online. And that's why wine online has been huge for a long time, even though, it's hard to get to your house. It's still been big because the selection is just so much better than what you can find at the store.
1: Yeah. Can I ship this thing to California and haul this thing back like a wine mule back to Hawaii? Or Oh, no, that's
0: interesting. Yeah.
1: yeah, good. Okay. I'm willing to do those types of strange things. Oh, but any other insider tips or tools? I got one for folks. I use that that Weino app. It's mm-hmm. cool. When you buy a bottle and you're drinking it, you can take a picture of it. I'm collecting Pokemon. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's cool. super
0: helpful. The main thing that I would say, if you're just trying to learn about wine is just remember, it's super simple. It's just when you're drinking the wine, just try to remember what it is you're drinking. So just like when you're taking a sip, like I like this, just look at the label and just be like, okay, this is from this is this wine from here. And just try to best you remember that because over time, I don't care about the geeky stuff. It's just about what you like and don't like. But the only way to really learn over time, is, oh, I like cabs from this particular appellation in Napa. I tend to like Rutherford cabs. You only remember that if you just spend the time looking at it. And then I'll also... Give a shout out to a new browser extension that we're partnering with called SIP. It's SIPD. And they're working really hard. They're probably one of the best efforts I've seen for a kind of recommendation engine. And so that's a Chrome browser extension you can install. And they they basically can they rate a, a given wine and then try to mash it to your case profile. And as it as you use it over time, it gets to know your preferences better. And what they're trying to do is they're also trying to create overlays onto other uh, retail partners' sites so that their your match, your percentage match, how likely are, appears on those other sites too. So the team seems really smart and put together. So I think I'm certainly wishing them the best of luck. We're excited for the partnership. So over time, I think you'll see the usefulness of that grow and and uh, that might end up being a pretty cool way to figure out a line across, across the internet, what you like, what you don't.
1: Yep, and uh, wine's better with other people. So if you guys are haven't reached no out doubt. to us, shoot me an email at lane at, at flow. Join our group. And don't just be a lurker on the podcast. Get to know our community. A lot of good people here. A lot of wine drinkers and whiskey drinkers. A lot of beer drinkers, too. Hey, a lot Spirit of people Spies. that just are into the whole physical optimization, just water and cold-pressed juices, too. A lot of those guys, also.
0: Well, Spirit Spies is coming down the pike, so... One of these days, probably get some good bourbon on there also.
1: Yeah. Until then, just straight diet of Johnny Walker Blue for you guys. All right. (laughs) All right. Winespies.com is the website. And if you guys want to watch this again, and as we add more content to this little fun subtopic, on unsimplepassivecashflow.com slash wine. Tell your friends, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. The content found here is just my opinion and things change, and I reserve the right to change my mind. Above all else, do your own analysis and think for yourself because in the end, you are the only person who is going to look out for your best interests.